0: Let's rock. Hello, yes, Dan in here. This is the master of Tiger Style, Lee Moriarty, Dominic Green. This is Trey Lamar. This is
1: Zoe
2: Sky. This is
0: Nick Fucking Gage. This is Bobby Beverly, and you're listening to the IWTV Guide Podcast.
2: And
1: welcome to IWTV Guide, your guide to what's on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jared J. Hawk Hawkins. Joining me as always, he's not a star boy, but he can star to me, Charlie Butter.
3: Hey, how about that? You're so kind, Jared, sometimes, when you want to be.
1: I am kind all the time. What the fuck are you talking about?
3: That is not true. You know how many times you've called me, like, mean names on here? And your point? <laughs> so you're a liar. That's, that's, that's my point. You're a liar. <laughs> you're a terrible human being. <laughs> no, man. Uh, well, before we get into this week and uh, our other BS that we're going to talk about, we have a guest this week. Uh, he is the white trash heartthrob, one half of the "If You Catch My Grift" podcast. The man banned in almost every state in America and every country in the world for his terrible accents. We have Dalton.
2: Yo, what's up? I'm like Charlie. I am a motherfucking star boy. What's up, guys? <laughs> <laughs> do you do you get a Heath Slater vibe when he starts screaming like that?
1: Scream
0: <laughs> <three> man banned. <laughs>
3: Oh my goodness.
1: Uh, how are everybody doing? It's been a week. Oh yeah, you, you can say that again. <laughs> how are no, everybody I'm doing? Okay, it's okay. been a week. <laughs> uh, you can't you can't throw the golf ball at me. You can't lob them up there like that. <laughs> yep, because uh, yeah. they'll swing
3: every time. <laughs>
1: I, I've got kid could just add it after hey, no, that's an, an, another
3: he Slater uh, quote.
2: we <laughs> <laughs> Well even going for that on that one. But hey, if it works, yeah, still on my gimmick, Jayhawk.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have kittens. So, you know, that's it's close. It's close.
2: Well, I got I got one kid and, and kittens. Yeah, I, I got kid. I got kid. I'll just yeah. get a T-shirt. So I got kid
3: uh well that would be that would be on brand for your for your georgia public education <laughs> <laughs>
2: the, the, you know we, we learned today,
3: <laughs> what else did we learn uh, in the month of july that the nazis were not involved in world war one
2: I. I literally just got a twitter notification about that i'm everybody's <laughs> figuring out how dumb i am it's so wild <laughs> It's okay, yeah, you're and, lovable. And you, tell me, and you
1: tell me I'm a, and you tell me I'm a mean person. What the
2: fuck, Jared? Did you know that Hitler wasn't involved in World War One? I? I did. How the fuck do people know that? I didn't know that. Maybe it's not the
3: judge of public system there. Maybe it's just you didn't pay attention in school.
2: That's probably it. If I'm being honest. Okay. Go. So can we go? So can we just
1: talk about real quick? We are recording this during Money in the Bank and get a DUI of trending.
3: Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that company. I don't know anything that's going on there. I it doesn't exist to me. Uh so Dalton, I heard you had something that you wanted to to get off your chest that's been very upsetting to you this week.
2: Okay, so my local, well, not lo- my local big name indie is Fest Wrestling down in Gainesville, and all year I've been tweeting at them, "Come back, I miss you, I love you, have my babies," etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they they announced they're coming back, and they're coming back on the day before Halloween, which is when they do trick or treat because it's on a Saturday. It's when they do trick or treat near me for the kids. So I'm not going to be able to go because. I am an adult <laughs> with a child, and I have priorities. It's really, really bumming me out. That is a bummer. So, yeah, so Fest Wrestling, get your shit together, man.
1: What time is trick-or-treating? What time is what time the show?
2: You can get the kid a little bit of candy and head to the show. The show is at 3.30. Oh, what the fuck? It doesn't end until 8.30, but it's part of the Fest Festival, which is like a pop-punk, hardcore, alternative music festival. And in between, they have three intermissions, and in all three intermissions, they're going to band play a set. So they're starting early, and then after the wrestling show is over, they're going in the same venue. They're having uh, more bands from the festival play. And right after the wrestling show, uh, two of my favorite bands, Comeback Kid and Modern Life is War, are both playing a set. So I'm going to miss that, too. And I was like, man, this sucks. It's such a bummer.
3: I mean, I so get ta- your shit
2: together, guys. I'd be telling your wife that maybe
3: she needs to take the kid this year and you need to go do daddy time. That's what I'd be telling them.
2: Listen, brother, I ain't trying to cross that bridge.
1: Right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll catch wrestling another time.
1: <laughs> you know how much heat I got going to AIW last time around because I bought the ticket. It's uh, the, uh, the company you might be interested in show, but I bought the ticket for getting that with my son's birthday. I went, oh, fuck. I, like, keep, I like pull my gun off of school and do something in the day and then go up at that night for the show.
2: Oh, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just got a, I got it. Kind of, AIW coming back. It's going to be a Friday night. I bought the tickets, like, right away. You know, uh, get, get, I bought the ticket, and my gun go. Dad, that's my birthday. I went, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> the date didn't dawn on me. I didn't even think about it. I, I pulled him from school. He we went to Chuck E. Cheese during the day, and then I went to the show that night. I still did something on his birthday, but I, still, I felt like shit.
2: You know, it's crazy. I almost did the same thing when they announced tickets. I didn't even think of the date. Like I almost bought one for me and my wife. And I was like, man, I'm really glad I didn't do that because I wouldn't have been able to go. <laughs> or I could have just been like, oh, you know, I spent the money. I guess I got to go now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so that's all right. I have a bone to pick with Jayhawk this week. So.
2: Okay. What the fuck did I do?
3: Okay. So tell everybody what's going on this coming week, this coming Saturday. What, what exactly are you doing all day Saturday? Tell us about this.
1: Okay. Well, like I've mentioned on the show previously at beginning at 10 AM running to about four o'clock, I'll be at, at the uh, retro toy market in Nile, Ohio, helping out there. And they've got some um, ink kind of, without no and member of the BWO. I actually found out earlier today that I'm go- pretty much going to go straight from there. I'm going to be working for mega championship wrestling up in North Ridgeville, Ohio.
3: So congratulations on working for mega. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, Al Snow's a piece of shit. Uh, and you tell him from me that Colin Delaney could totally fucking leg sweep him. You tell him that (laughs) (laughs) you tell Al snow that Colin Delaney could absolutely leg sweep him. And he's a bitch. That's what, that's what you need to do. Okay.
1: Uh, two things here.
3: On behalf of IWTV Guide, you're a bitch and Colin Delaney could leg-sweep you.
1: What's on IWTV?
3: We got a whole bunch of stuff on IWTV this week. On Tuesday, July 20th at 8 p.m. Eastern, we have New South Action Clash, episode 45. And following that, we have a premiere of The Complex... I W W the complex. And the description is in a full length feature film, larger than life personalities clash as wrestlers come together to spend time in the industrial complex, a recreational space created by Tom specialty Frazier for wrestlers to gather and work towards common goals. So I don't know what that is. I'm interested to see what it could be. Um, You guys have any ideas?
1: I have no clue. The first I heard of it was about five before we started recording. When you brought it up, I wasn't even aware that you get it. Oh yeah. Same here. I had no
2: idea this was happening.
3: Yeah. So I guess we'll, all uh, find out together what that is industrial world wrestling, the complex, and that's, what's on IWTV this week. Cause nothing else is scheduled right now. So there you go. And that's so crazy.
1: I- I'm sh- I'm sure they'll yeah you know, throw some stuff up on a stream during the week during the course of the week. I'm surprised there's nothing in that 10 o'clock Wednesday time slot, honestly. Yeah. That time slot's been pretty consistent for a long time now.
3: Yeah. I mean, paradigm kind of ended. So that's like, you know, there's just nothing else to throw in there. I'm sure they'll find stuff to put up. Like, so they'll premiere some stuff. But as of right now, nothing's listed. I'm sure they'll drop it tomorrow before we put out this episode. So, you know, double check that that schedule because it'll probably change by the time this comes out. All right. Well, do you guys want to talk about the show you watch this week?
2: Yeah, man, let's do it. (laughs) The Weekly Review.
1: All right. And this week, we are covering new promotion for what Co- Pro Wrestling Cruel Summer, which aired live on IWTV on July 9th, 2021, from the Room in San Francisco, California, their first show back from the pandemic.
3: Yeah. And I like the building. I thought it uh, kind of reminded me of uh, the show we do on Saturdays uh, in Akron at the Tadmore. It kind of gave me that vibe with the like they have like the old city village kind of backdrop to it, whereas we have, you know, the uh, camels and all that kind of stuff as the backdrop. Uh so that was kind of cool. Um was really confused when I started the show because there were I could hear commentary, but it was so low that I was like, is it just a fan talking or what's going on? And then about, like, what, five minutes into the match, they turned up the volume so you could hear the commentary team?
1: Something like that, yeah. Uh Commentary team for most of the show is Jimmy Kincaid and Levi Shapiro. And I believe Danny Lemlate took over for Shapiro for a couple matches in the middle there, but Shapiro actually reckoned later on in the card.
3: Right. Uh, all, I, all I got was a text message from Dalton last night saying, is this card in order? Jacob Fatu is supposed to be bigger than this, Right.
2: <laughs> yeah, man. Like, when I first started, I was like, "Wait a minute!" And listen, I was down with the screwdrivers. Pretty, I was hitting them hard and heavy last night, but I know I didn't drink that much. Take <laughs> a for should not be that small.
1: Okay, go. So th- there's a match that is not on the match listing that the show opens with, which is where the confusion comes from. That match is Steven Tricario versus Kurga.
3: Yeah, this I was. Did,
1: I, I I did I did a journalism to get those names. <laughs>
3: could have just went to cage match it was on there
2: that's what i did jackass you see what i did i just wrote down in my notes i wrote down dude versus dude so i might get one of the dudes confused at one point but we'll figure it out
3: well once commentary turned on like you were able to hear who was who but i mean if you were if you were sauced you probably weren't paying it that much attention <laughs> so <laughs> i
2: don't know it had my full undivided attention what are you talking about charlie
3: we're professionals here I mean, speak for yourself, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay so this the structure of this match is kind of weird because Sgnario hit hit a really hard chop, which seemed to anger Kyga, but it seemed to hurt Gregingario's hand, and that hand winds up being the focus of Kurga's offense the rest of the match maybe, maybe maybe he really hurt a hand, I don't know, but it just seemed kind of odd that you hit the move and now you're hurt
3: do you think that uh uh, the hand is something smart to work on throughout an entire match, because I feel like there's not much you can do to actually finish a match. When you have somebody's hand hurt, uh, wouldn't it be better to work like an arm or an actual full on limb?
1: Well, well, here's the thing though. If you have somebody who you can call out a commission he's got one hand weak. He's not going to get a full grip on most of the hold.
3: but I feel like you could still get a grip on a lot of stuff with your, like just your uh, under your arm and stuff like that. If you can't use your, your just your fingers, like, you can still grab your wrist with your other hand. Like, if you work both hands, it makes sense. But one hand, like, I feel like you could still do a majority of what you need to do with without one hand. Like
2: It takes away punches. It takes away chops. It takes away, you know, any hand-based submission offense.
3: I mean, look, look at, at it this there. way, okay? Gregory Iron only has one hand, and he can do a whole lot of shit. So, like, I feel like... You know See,
2: there's where you're taking out like a lifetime of experience there. Gregory Iron has a whole lifetime of not being able to use one hand. This guy for ten, fifteen, however long that match was, minutes, is experiencing this for the first time and he doesn't know what to do with that. Greg Iron's had a whole lifetime prepared for that moment. Okay, get out of here, because first off, you would just use the other fucking hand. or you would
3: just use the other hand. This is this is stupid. What are we talking about right now?
2: Oh, ma- maybe he lefty. Maybe that was a strong hand. There we go. Jayhawk gets it. It doesn't matter. Nope. It, do- it doesn't <laughs> matter.
3: <sighs> <sighs> I guess this just goes along with my "why Russell barefoot" argument.
2: Why not? You have better grip to the canvas.
3: That is a lie because you're easier. To- I would just stomp <laughs> the fuck out of your feet. And fucking work over your feet constantly. I mean, that's that's anybody that that would be the first thing I would do. Like any match that doesn't start with the person doing that, instantly I'm out of the match. That's why Dom now wears boots. Okay.
2: I was about to say it doesn't. Friends of the podcast, Dominic Green, ever barefoot. He does does not. He He
3: has boots. He used to, to, and I didn't like him when he did that. And now he wears boots.
2: But Hmm.
1: but I know Dalton. I know Dalton kind of half joking with the explanation there. But Kevin Von Erich had actually why he wrestled barefoot. If he had better traction on the mat.
2: You see down here, that's like that's country boys down here. We walk around all barefoot all the time, man. We got calluses and bundles for feet, man, to help us grip the sidewalk just like a dang old, uh, just like a dang old baboon, man. We just gripping things, man. Hey, he's not lying. He really isn't. <laughs> Yeah. Trick Mario ends up locking in a fish hook. The referee
1: appears to count five, like he's gonna call for the DQ and then call for the commission anyway at seven minutes
2: and twenty seconds. So the finish is like, wait a minute, what just happened? This is something I was going to ask you. Like, isn't fish hooking illegal? Shouldn't that have been a disqualification? Either way, if, if,
1: if the referee would have gotten to five, yes, but he called for the bell. Apparently, he could tap out in the court for that five count, which shouldn't make any difference, I didn't think. But that could be a company rule where if they tap out during an illegal move, it, it counts anyway. It could be a that I think California has to run under an athletic commission. Maybe their athletic commission, has a weird rule. I don't know. All then. <laughs> so from there, uh, referee Sparky Ballard enters the ring, gets the biggest pop of the, uh, one of the biggest pops of the night, which is weird, but referees don't get pops like at all ever.
3: That's not true. Jake Clemens got a pop at AIW the last time we were there. So
1: he, pro- pro- he proved
3: you wrong again.
1: <laughs> well, I, and Jake would not have gotten that big a pop had he not been gone for nine months to bigger and not necessarily better things. But then we get Vinnie Macaro coming into the ring here. Now, Vinny, Vinny Macaro have been around forever. This guy was doing TV jobs on WWE programming in like the mid 90s. He's been around forever. He comes out, he said he wants to bring back old school wrestling and issues a challenge to quote unquote con player, which leads Levi Shapiro to go, oh, great, somebody's going to snitch tag Cornette, which I fucking locked it on. And it I figured like you D. would.
3: I figured you would when that, when I heard that.
1: That was a great line. And then it looked like DJ Fresh is going to come out and accept the challenge, but Jacob Flaw too just laid him out on his way to the ring and go, nope, I'm going to wreck
2: him. Oh, the official match is Vinny Maccaro against Jacob Fatu. So isn't Vinny Masaro that guy from Twitter that tries to explain to people how to wrestle all the time?
3: Yeah, I think he wrestled for like XPW, too. <laughs> That's the only reason I know him.
2: Well, you know, he's OK for a guy that tries to tell people how to work all the time. But uh, anyway, Jacob Fatu, man, how about that? That guy is super cool. That's my first time seeing him. And Jacob Fatu has been in MLW
1: quite a bit. I- I've actually seen a lot of him. He's definitely one of the most talented guys in the entire family. Like I'm really trying somebody bigger. I not picked him up yet.
2: See, that's our problem. I haven't watched much MLW or I don't know who he was, but man, he needs to be off the bigger and better things immediately.
3: Oh dude. ML- dude i so M- cool. MLW is great. Like you should definitely like go back to like episode 80 and start from there and just watch. There's so much cool stuff on there.
2: Uh, See, my problem is I'm like, okay, This week, I'm gonna sit down and watch it, and then it never happens, and it just completely leaves my mind.
3: Well, I guess I'll have to start bothering you till you watch it.
2: (laughs) One thing I will point out about this match though he'll commentary was really cool and refreshing to hear again. A lot of companies don't really do that anymore, like, a lot of companies use the commentary to get themselves over GCW, but. But this really worked well for this match, and I really enjoyed it. And it made me, it made what Vinny Massaro is doing mean a little bit more.
1: It helped. I, I'm familiar enough with Levi Shapiro to know that his gimmick is kind of along the game line, where he's more of an old school type of wrestler. And so he's able to put, yeah, take that part of him, Makarna, and bring that out in the commentary as well. If it was what with, with what Macar was trying to do here, because so that helped a great deal.
3: Yeah, I like this match. I like Jacob for two. I know he had a match with. Uh, Matt justice at GCW at their, like, uh, I want to say it was their Las Vegas show that like barely happened or whatever. And it was, it wasn't that great, but I feel like Jacob Fatu can work with, uh, there's like certain people that have, that he can work with that works really well. And, uh, if you just match him up with the right people, I think he can have some really like good matches. Like I know he just wrestled AJ gray for a company, um, last week. And, uh, people were saying that match was really good. So, I mean, you get the right guy with him. I think that, uh, he can really shine. This match was okay. Uh, you know, for the most part, I think Jacob Fatu really shine like Vinny is Vinny. So
2: Man, you guys, uh, after we finished recording, God, tell me, uh, where that AJ gray, Jacob Fatu matches because so I need to watch it stats, but yeah, I agree. It was, it was okay. I mean, I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. The first half of the match it's the Jacob Fatu show. McCarroll getting a little bit of offense working over the arm. And, actually, and then actually matching power and strength with Fatu really well. Uh, fought two got the agility advantage, and that winds up, end, up being the different. It's got a camoan drop called the FFT, followed by a moonfall for the pin in seven fifteen. Yeah. From there, we get a five-way match. D-Rogue, Verkins Midas Creed, Verkins Lucas Riley, Verkins Tatek Alexander, Verkins Derek Slade.
3: Flippy shit. Flippy shit, (laughs) flippy shit. But it wasn't shit. It was actually really fucking awesome. So
2: yeah, it was really cool. Somewhere in my notes, I have this. Really, just turned into to get my shit and scramble, which I'm really not mad at.
3: Nope. that's why I like scrambles. They just hit all kinds of craziness and pop, 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 go home. That's what it all. It's all (laughs) it needs to be. It's great stuff. I love it.
1: Yeah, I started off with it. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give Derek played a lot of credit, and he rolled to the floor right away and tell the other four guy to go for it. And in like 30 seconds, play to be back in the mix anyway. That didn't mean anything. I was kind of the complaint about that.
2: Yeah, there was times in the scramble where it like it turned into a mini singles match. And I know I've listened to you say that when you talk about triple threats, for example, like that's one of your pet peeves, and it's one of mine too. Like if you're gonna have a five-way match, have a five-way match. If you're gonna have a singles match, have a singles match. You know what I mean? It just looks really silly when you have two guys and they're competing, and you have three guys with their head on the apron waiting for their spot to come up.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and it's one thing if like if this were Scramble and the other three guys on on the apron waiting their turn. That's one thing, but when it's supposed to be a free for all and everybody doing everything, it's just, that it really is a pet peeve of They were coming, and they and they were a little bit of it early, but they got away from it around halfway point of the match. They got away from from doing all that.
2: So Alexander, he really cut my uh, Titus Alexander. I just wish that he looked different. He's so good, but he just has that like crater wrestler number seven feel to his appearance. And if he like did something to add a little flash, like a little flair, I'd really be into him. Hmm.
3: Yeah, that makes sense.
2: Yeah. He, uh, he, 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 and he and my Creed were the two
1: that really stuck out to me and being guys that really could have a future doing bigger and better things rather than rather than later. Uh, I do like, fact, Levi Shapiro on commentary did find a very kayfabe way to say, basically, what you just said, Dalton, about how it was for a three guy to not be in the ring. If you're not in the ring, you can't win the match. Right. He basically said the same thing you and I do.
2: Yeah. And another thing about the scramble is, like, having, like, having, like, two people in the ring competing is one thing. If you have, like, the other three doing something outside the ring, do something – like, brawl into the crowd, like, do some offense on the outside, do something. Don't just sit your head there like, with your arm and your head on the apron, obviously, waiting for your spot to come up. It just, and I'm not one of those like diehard, or oh, wrestling sports supposed to be real type guys, but it just makes it look so fake when you do that. Like, do something out there. Well, that can calculate. Exactly like, we all know it's for
1: work at this point. Like, no one is, no one can that it can work, but it's not supposed to look like it for work. Right. And then we finally get when we do finally get all five guys in the ring at once they're doing a lot of really cool shit and like nobody's trying to win <laughs> like nobody go nobody go for cover they hit their mo- big move and they're like looking around okay who's coming in like like at least try to go for pin make them break it up
2: there was even a spot that levi Shapiro was on commentators like what are you doing go for it. <laughs> cover him cover exactly. him <laughs> uh,
3: it just shows the inexperience of the guys like yeah they had you know a pretty decent match but there's a lot of stuff that sticks out like that. Them like waiting on the apron, them not going for covers, which is just a common sense thing that you put in there. Like they just skipped that step when they were, you know, setting it up. So, I mean, there's little, little things to nitpick, but overall, I enjoyed the match. I thought it was fun. It was a fun sprint.
1: Yeah. And like Alexander pinning Riley with a Michinoku driver he called the sweet time driver in 1105.
3: It looked nasty, to, to be fair. Oh, yeah, like, I haven't did. seen a Michinoku <laughs> driver that like that looked that good since like. Actual Takamichinoku. So
2: that boy neck hurting.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, hey, at that time of the night where the cops are shaking somebody down my road. Uh, uh, ambulance, actually, never mind. I want to pick right. up that guy from having a broken neck. <laughs> okay, go so from there. We get our potential hoff fight of the evening.
2: It is place Boogie taking on Alpha No.
3: Some big meaty men slapping meat.
2: Yeah, man. The boys are <laughs> I think more wrestlers need to wrestle in Jordan's because Slice Boogie looked really cool out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, boogie looked really cool, though
1: impressed me a lot here. Like, he actually, like, lied down to block a sliding elbow and then kept up. Uh, and that's, that's really impressive for a dude that guy for doing something like that. Yeah, man, that dude's fun. That dude's really fun to watch. Yeah, but the, the, what the fun part about this one is, this was really the first time that I felt like the entire match was around two guys who wanted to win a wrestling match. Like, they would get the guy down, they would go for the pin. They did do some fighting on the floor. Uh Mike Boogie hit a move that he called the dead ass driver and go kick counted about two
2: and nine two point nine. Man, that's such a great name. That's such a great name. That is, yeah. He also uh he did a Harlem hangover. Man, people need to do that more. Like when you're draped over the ropes. Yeah. Man, that, that shit looks so cool. And a slice boogie really impressed me. I thought was, was fun, but slice boogie was really, really cool. And you know, I have he knocked a couple points off coming off and coming out in the Mets inspired gear. You know, Braves fan over here, Atlanta Braves. Let's go! Whoop, whoop. But regardless of that, it, it, it was really fun, and it was a really, really good match. And up until this point, my favorite match on the show. I agree. With, I agree with you there. I actually have fucking great written in all cap after
1: the finish. <laughs> I like this one a lot. Any thought, butter, before we get into the finish and move on.
3: No, go ahead, man. You got, you got said it all. It was good stuff.
1: Go get the pin with his five ten forearm at ten minute and 10 seconds. and then we get Juki now against Levi Shapiro. Like uh, Levi Shapiro, I I know from cauliflower alley. I've seen him work a few times while I've been out there. He, like we kind of mentioned earlier, he got kind of an old school. I'm a wrestler type of gimmick. That's that's what he does. Uh, we get so we start off this one here where they they tee they strut off and Levi like take like one step and go no I'm not doing this I'm here to wrestle
2: perfect love it so Juicy for now, that's a big boy that's, that's a big old boy to be in there with Levi Shapiro. I feel like Levi should have gotten, not a knock on Levi because I liked I liked this commentary and I liked what he did in the match but I feel like he should have gotten substantially less offense in with somebody as big as Juicy for now.
3: Yeah, but I mean, I would honestly, I was going to, like, when I was watching this match, I was like, man, Juicy is like their less talented version of Kaplan. Uh, that's what he felt like to me. So I was like, I was, it, they kind of did, yeah. you know, they've been building him up. He has wrestled for GCW. So like, he is a bigger name really, but I mean, I, 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 would, I get what you're saying.
1: Yeah. I would get him more of a uh, Inky Romero type of vibe from him.
3: Okay.
1: Yeah. I could see that. There's a part early in the match where Shapiro hit a headbutt and it failed and the crowd starts chanting, you fucked up, which I think was the most brilliant version of that you fucked up chant ever.
2: Yeah, you never had about a Samoan. What are you thinking, Levi? You're you're a the, you're the professional, professional wrestler. What are you doing?
1: But realistically, like you you, you talk about how you, you feel uh, Shapiro got too much offense in, but most of the offense he got, like he's bending the roll to get the advantage. He's digging into the eye. Yeah, he's choking. He yeah, he's doing things like that to even get the advantage in the first place. No, that's fair. Yeah, I don't I don't feel him getting the offense. He did was really out of play when you factor all that in. And as a matter of fact, when he finally got some actual heat on him, yeah, you know, Jukey went for the Kenton and he rolled out of the way like he he yeah. You so know, he knocked the wind out of the guy. Yeah, I, I did not think anything will kind of play with that. So the referee for this match up here had a does not have a good match and some of it contentional, some of it it's not. There's a point here where Shapiro hit an Oklahoma roll and. Joking shoulder, or never down on the mat, and the like two count anyway.
2: Yeah, so. and you're going to get to a point where I want to talk about later on. But yeah, that was a really big fuck up on his part. And I, and I'm probably going to get to it like right away here. Actually, there was one spot where it looked like Levi
1: didn't kick out, and he said he kicked out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's There's... what you're go, you're going with with that. Now, in, uh, in in fairness, Levi did make a movement like he was going to kick out, and uh, I'll give the referee benefit for the doubt that he called that.
2: Yeah, but I don't know, man. I feel like ruins their credibility as a referee whenever something like that happens. Because you're there to enforce the rules. If if you're not even paying attention to a shoulder being up on a cover, then you know, you're you not doing your job, you know?
3: You have one job.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, was, I
1: was more upset by counting when the shoulders weren't down at all than allowing that kick out. But at least right. the guy could, he, Levi was trying to kick out. He made a motion like he, would kick, like he was kicking out. And I can pack that off. I can judgment call whether the shoulder came up or not. Yeah, I can, I, yeah, let the referee and me talk, I and mean, I can kind of justify that in my head. So Levi is actually uh, goes to the Ike at one point, and that ends up leading to the referee getting squashed in the corner. Levi leaves the ring, grabs the bell hammer from the ring and Alkert, and punches the ring and Alkert in the face. And he fell beautifully, by the way. Kudos to him. Go, they go in the ring. Juki prevents Levi from using the hammer, go, grabs it himself. As the referee wakes up, Shapiro does the Eddie Guerrero fell. Referee just sneaks him down, sneaks Juki with the hammer, calls for the DQ, even though he doesn't use it. In 11-17, I, I, I've always had mixed emotions with the Eddie Guerrero finish because one of the things where they make the heel look brilliant when it works, but it's another one that kind of buries the ref. Like you didn't see him hit it, you just see him holding it. Right. And that's another
2: thing. When when you compile that with the mistakes you made in the match, which are mistakes, it's okay. But whenever you like add that on to the mistakes that were made, it just makes you look like a bad ref, you know? Especially with that finish. Yeah, and, and I don't and I don't know the referee, and I'm, I'm I'm not gonna fault him for going along with the with the finish of the match. Like you It's okay. I, don't message Jayhawk. message me on Twitter, you can chew me out, it's fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, like like I mean. And, and and I'll and I'll and I'll relate to, to a match I did a few years ago. I'm refereeing a match with Joey Vincent Martini against Jeff Meek and, and we did a similar finish here with the title belt rather than with the bow hammer. And the promoter go, "Well, this is the match, this is the finish we want." And they looked at me and went, "Well, that kind of makes you look bad." I went, well, to "Finish the promoter once, We got to go with it. I mean, I'm not going to fault anybody for going along with the with the with the planned finish, but it's not a good look when you do have a a couple of things in here that." One's definitely a mistake and one might be a mistake. So overall, I like the match. I like the story of the match.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was a good match. And I'm I'm maybe going a little too hard on the ref. I'm sorry, bud, if you're listening. But I don't know. It just I didn't like the the finish really just took me out of the whole match, if I'm being honest. Like Eddie Guerrero is doing it one doing it is one thing because it's Eddie Guerrero. But here, I just I don't know. Especially on indie show, you're gonna end on DQ on an indie show. I don't know it's just it wasn't for me I mean if you're building to a rematch that's
1: one thing but I don't even think they're bringing it back next month I actually have the lineup up here somewhere we'll go over at the end of the at the end but I don't believe that I don't believe they're rematching in next month so ring announcer still selling the punch
2: while he t- while he takes the show to intermission fantastic I love it yeah I really like this ring announcer by the way <laughs> I should have said that at the top He's yeah, got a lot of personality
3: not as good as Steve Guy back- but it's got kind of a lot of personality <laughs>
2: There are not too many that are better than Steve Guy, though. Let's
1: be honest. One or two. Maybe. Put, <laughs> righteous Jesse. <laughs> right, right, righteous Jesse. I'll put J. Rogue in that category.
3: Yeah. I wouldn't say they're better. I'd say they're as good as
1: I'll Steve. Agree, I'll, agree, I'll agree. I'll agree with that. We come back from intermission with a the promise of a double main event, and it starts off with Jarrell Nelson against Carl Frederick. The referee is Jimmy Mack, who did the match right before the intermission, and he gets the fuck boot out of him. And I feel. I feel, And I feel I feel bad for him, but, you know, I
2: can't blame the fans either. Yeah. 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 They're justified. And let me me say real quick, I hate it when a promotion like promotes a double main event. There's no such thing as a double main event. The main event is the main event. Like that's such a pet peeve of mine. You can't have two main events.
3: I don't know. I feel like both of these matches were, were main event quality, and I think that's what they oh, yeah, more, they more so mean. Quality. Like, either of these matches could have main evented the show, and you wouldn't have questioned it either way, and I think that's what it kind of means. It's not so much, well, here's your first of two main events. Like You know, like, though there's a double main event, they were going to happen at the same time or anything. It's like they're either of these could be main event quality. Like, I get what they mean. I don't know. It doesn't bother me.
1: Yeah, they think can, can like win the territory where it announce a night of champion and they would create fucking belt for one night a year to try to justify having eight title magic on a show.
3: Wait, what? <laughs> Dalton doesn't so, know about the territory days.
1: Uh, uh, the, one, the one that comes to mind, the Tennessee territory before Jerry Jarrett started running it. promoter out there was Nick Gullick and like once a year he would do a night of champions, but he had the random belt that only showed up on the night of champions that were defended every year. So you'd, have, so you'd have weird shit like the Southern Arkansas tag team title. I'm, I'm, I'm being fictitious with the name of the belt, but you'd have like a really random title belt that had nothing to do with anything they were doing that promotion. Just so he could build a, build a card with like a title matches. Oh, man, that's some corny ass shit
2: right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, would you have, would like the lineage continue after the event, like the next match of champions? Would you still have like the Southern Arkansas champion come back and defend the belt from last year?
1: It would be different people from year to year. Like they would be acting like they were being defended outside the territory. (laughs) I would just be like whoever he could get that week to be, to be the champion. And then they defended against somebody. Oh, that's so good. I love it (laughs) before the internet. You could get away with that shit. Like no one, you couldn't do that now anyway.
3: Well, they kind of did that with GCW uh, and their shows that they would run. Like when they would do one at the basement East and then one at that other place in Tennessee, and they'd have like the the old southern wrestling and they'd have like random titles that meet, meant nothing and like they would they would just whoever it was would just all of a sudden be the champion like there was no actual lineage
2: there. Oh, you mean Effie versus Manser for uh, the WCW championship. <laughs>
3: Not that match. There it's uh, the other show that they do. Um
2: I forget the well, name
3: wombat yeah wombat, wombat. Yeah. the wombat belts like those had no lineage and they just randomly like whoever next time they go there like there'll be a different set of champions and one of the matches will be a championship match and like they have the old timer win it and all that kind of shit like they had heel man and it was great it's like it's fun it's a little tongue-in-cheek like throwback to that kind of thing it's really cool
2: yeah yeah i'm the fake belt thing i love it, <laughs> I, love it. I love carny shit like that you can
3: be the yeah. the valdesta heavyweight champion there
2: uh no, thank you. I don't want to represent Valdosta.
3: <laughs> well, you're their champion now, so you have to. You have to go to the parades and you know defend the belt but once uh, a I'll, year. Just,
2: just, just offer Young
1: at a title shot. I'm sure he'll. I'm sure he be happy to get another belt, doing it, doing record.
2: And Cody, I'm coming for you, brother.
1: Okay, so let's get back to the present here. Jerome Nelson against Carl Frederick, and they're playing. It. And I like the story they're telling here. The story Carl, they both started around the same time in yeah in the California area. Frederick has moved on. He's done New Japan. He really has not been around the last few years. Now going kind to of stuck around California and become one of the bigger names in California. It's kind of a matter of who career is actually on the better career trajectory at this. Point. And I think they have a hell of a match on top of it. I would like okay. to point out.
3: That I just, I really like boot tassels and I think that more wrestlers should have boot tassels.
2: Boot tassels are so cool. They are. <laughs> so
3: like, cool. it reminds me of British Bulldog and then, like, when his son had him, Uh And then, like, when I saw him on Carl Fredericks, I was like, yes, boot tassels are fucking awesome.
2: I can't believe you didn't bring up the Macho Man. What's wrong with you? Or Kerry Von Eric?
3: Why would I bring up Kerry Von Eric, first off? He wasn't in my era. Macho Man, I could see, like, bringing that up, but, like, I really. His weren't the same. Like, I feel like when I think of boot tassels, I literally go right to to British Bulldog. I don't know why. Probably because his figure had them. So
2: I feel like everybody nowadays that wears a boot tassel should have to cut like a macho man inspired promo before the match. Like those are just the rules. (laughs) You want to wear the tassels? You got to come out with a, got to come out with a macho man voice.
3: See the young bucks doing that.
2: (laughs) I forgot they had boot tassels.
3: I don't know if they still do, but they used to. They used to be their thing.
2: But, yeah, man, Carl Fredericks, that dude's good. That dude is so good. Like, it makes me feel so stupid for not watching New Japan and Strong now because I've been missing out. <laughs> I really, really liked him.
3: Yeah, Tom Waller's the champ there, dude.
2: Yeah, I know. I just I, I don't I don't have time. <laughs> there's, there's too much wrestling. That's
3: true. That's true. There's so much wrestling. There's so little time.
2: Oh, Now that we've done, like, five minutes on boot tackle, can we talk about the
1: match? Sure. <laughs> okay, Go so there it comes. Really good technical wrestling early on in the matchup. Let's try, try to a good eight to ten minute. Actually, really good stuff. Nelson eventually targeting Frederick's shoulder. And once Frederick starts making a comeback, the match starts getting really good. The pace starts picking up. Uh, Frederick at one point does do an elbow drop with the bad arm and doesn't tell it. And I kind of went, "What the fuck?"
3: Adrenaline, man, adrenaline.
2: We'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, man, you got adrenaline pumping from the crowd. Man it takes all the pain away. It's better than any pain pill you could ever take. You just oh full of adrenaline. Why could we have not
1: thought of this when we were talking about why only work on one hand earlier? <laughs> uh, they end up changing strikes, which ends with in- Frederick King and Nkiguri, and both men are down. We're close to the 20-minute mark at this point, and guy guys can just go on full blast, full speed. Great fucking finishing sequence. Frederick's counter from springboard cutter. They do a series of like six or seven counters. Almost watch this poor referee again after he gets watched in the last match. And it finally ends with Frederick countering out of something into a half craft for the commission, 22 minutes and 13 seconds. Uh, This match, uh, tail two half first match is really slow, methodical. They're feeling each other out. They're doing some great wrestling. And then the second half it's just let's go as fast as we can. And who goes down first. I enjoyed this.
2: Yeah. That's my favorite match on the card. Carl Fredericks, man, that dude is so good. And I, I really hope that he's off the new Japan strong is a big thing, but I really hope he's off to like even bigger things with new Japan proper. Because I feel like he has like star quality potential. Yeah, he was doing some stuff actually in New Japan,
1: probably uh, b- before the pandemic. Obviously, doing a lot of opening match stuff, but like you could tell then that he just had a ton of potential. Like when he was still doing stuff in the do in the main dojo. So yeah, I'd like to see
3: more. He's he's really good.
1: Yeah. After the match, Frederick offering a handshake. Nelson can respond with a slap to the face. We get a little bit of a pull- a-, a pull apart brawl. And then they start kind of taunting each other on the mic, and that sets up for August 13th, airing live on IWTV. Now, and teaming up with Roy Isaacs against Carl Frederick and Rocky Romero. Again, more of the uh, Northern California versus New Japan vibe on the next show.
0: Right I'm on. I'm okay
1: with. Yeah. Yeah, I'm more than okay with that. That's a great match. And then we go to our main event to determine the number one contender to the West Coast Pro Wrestling Championship.
3: Held by Alexander Hamilton hammerstone hammerstone don't correct me i corrected myself you shut your whore mouth <laughs> I'll fucking show you a hammerstone
1: hey now you say we weren't going
2: to do that in public oh.
3: well we all popped our tops off to start the show so
2: <laughs> no 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 i only popped my top off well, okay jokes on cut you cut I i've the been video topless on this whole time
3: yeah exactly jared and i were already topless that's how we record
2: oh i just joined the party gotcha I drove home. I drove home from the taping today, topless, because pot is fucking bald. We're trying to cool down on the drive. Alternative name for the podcast, three topless men. <laughs> now let's find out what's on Pornhub this week. Oh. <laughs> let's do it, baby. I'm down.
3: <laughs> no cousin fucking Dalton.
1: Oh uh, uh, it took a weird turn. <laughs> no, no, he's from Georgia, not Alabama. It's fine. <laughs>
3: Uh, <laughs> again, small sect of our listeners are gonna pop for a bunch of this shit. So
1: <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so anyway, number one contender match for the West Crow Pro Championship held by Alexander Hammerstone. Trey Miguel Verkins Starboy Charlie Verkins and Lee Moriarty. Right off the right off the bat, you know this is gonna be weird because the bell rings and the record demand for the bell to ring again. So the bell rings the second time and the crowd start chanting. Holy shit. <laughs> And Shapiro on commentary was probably Line night going, so it's the match over, the bow just drank twice.
3: <laughs> what if they just all leave?
1: <laughs> like, we <laughs> can't off-tar. follow that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we talked earlier on with the five-way match about how these normally turn into basically glorified single matches and it gets get really, really annoying and you know, really repetitive. 90 seconds into this match, and this was already like my favorite three way ever. Because you knew they were not going to do that. This was all three guys doing a lot of really cool shit. Like one guy going for a move, next guy rolls him up, and then they start doing
2: something. And the third guy does something to one of the other guys. There's some absolutely great shit here. Yeah, man, Trey Miguel, that dude, that dude, <laughs> that dude is so good.
3: And and well, he's so fucking good. But he, it's it's. Uh, there's reasons why he's not in him or just an impact and, and like local stuff. Like I know he's going to be, um, at mega that Jared's going to be roughing at, uh, next weekend. So, I mean, there's reasons, but, uh, he is a really good wrestler and he is really impressive in the ring.
1: Yeah. So this is my first time seeing star boy, Charlie and commentary mentions that he's 18 years old, but he's already been wrestling for like five or six years already.
2: Yeah, uh, he was, he's really young. I think, was it the collective that didn't happen? They were trying to bring him in then. And they mentioned that he was 16 years old for that show. So I knew dude was crazy young.
3: Yeah, I've heard about him through um, Billy Starks. She's a big fan of him. And I know that he's wrestled. I think maybe for JCW and maybe GCW in New Jersey when they've had shows. I know he's been over there a couple times. I don't remember which brand he was on, Um, but I know he's wrestled there. And I know she wrestled him. So I think she might even wrestled him in Florida at the GCW shows. One of those at the the Collective in Florida.
1: He he did actually wrestle a couple matches at the Collective in Indianapolis too. Right on. Yeah, that match with Blake Christian at the Jimmy Lloyd show, and then he was in the clusterfuck.
2: See, like with Starboy, I don't think that he's a great wrestler. I think he's a good wrestler, and I think at his age, he has the potential to like be a great wrestler by the time he's all said and done.
3: Yeah, I mean, you when, when you start
2: on bones.
3: when you start wrestling at a, such a young age, like your potential to like just get better over that time is incre- is, is like incredible because, I mean, you start wrestling at sixteen, you got all that you know, or even before you got all that time there learning, you know, the basics and getting that out of the way. So by the time you hit 18, 19, 20, you can fucking really go and do things around the world and really have that experience and still have so much time to learn things like by then you're still only 20. You got another 10 years before you really need to like get signed somewhere. So you get 10 years of just experience to go and like travel the world and learn your craft. And you know, it's, it's really good. Like, I think that's, that really should be the, the step there is like, start young.
1: Yeah, let look, mean look look, look, look look this way. Let's say I mean, we have no idea what's going to happen in the future, but let's say he gets kind of 28-year-old. He's going to have like 14, 15-year experience. at fucking 28-year-old. Right. Like mm-hmm. he's going to be more experienced than guys in their mid-30s that he'd be working with.
3: I mean, look at Ray Mysterio Jr. He started when Ray he was like 14.
2: 14, I think, yeah.
3: So, I mean, and he's had a hell of a career.
2: i okay, to so talk about Lee Moriarty a little bit, too, though. That's uh, y'all's guy. Hey, he looked really good out there. California debut.
3: Yep. They really uh, gave okay. him some shine and it's good stuff, man. I liked all three of these guys really impressed me with this. I really enjoyed this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Everything looked fantastic here. I'm not even going to try to describe the transition they did for Miguel, the lock, the freaking Moodle lock on Moriarty. Oh my
3: God. That was awesome. He had a half Moodle <laughs> oh, lock. Yeah. Then he hit that twisting, uh, the, the, the page turner. And fucking rolled into that and then rolled back through and then hit the Muda lock. That was beautiful. So beautiful. That got a big pop out of me. That was that was awesome. I don't know how he didn't fucking destroy Lee's knees with that.
1: And then while he got the move locked in, our boy Charlie hits the 450 splash onto Miguel and gets the pin in 10 minutes and 43 seconds. He is your number one contender and he will be taking on Alexander Hammerstone on August 13th.
2: The best of luck to you Starboard. charlie he'll be in my prayers
3: yeah uh he's a tiny <laughs> man and, and hammerstone is a is a fucking mountain <sighs> that's okay, kill it that's like marco stunt it. against like paul white like holy fuck
2: <laughs> i'd love to see that match too though <laughs> i'm being honest
3: I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the, the, you know, like Ray Mysterio, big show type stuff that doesn't do anything for me. See, and if people uh, really like that. It does nothing for me. I think it like those you matches know, are so when tiny predict-
2: man gets thrown. No.
3: Cause it, it's so predictable. Like he like, cause it's, they always do like, you know, one of two ways that story is going to end and it's never like really impressive either way. I don't know. It doesn't do anything. Like maybe if I thought wrestling was real, it'd be super impressive and super fun. But knowing that it's fixed, I'm like, this isn't entertaining. This is. I don't know. It doesn't do anything. I'm just, I'm just a stick in the mud, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> wait, wrestling fixed? I didn't know it was broken. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it.
2: I'm editing that out. <laughs> no, don't oh, you on. dare. Don't you dare. That was so good.
1: <sighs> a freaking Bill Afterline. I didn't even make it up. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and go over the uh, lineup that And out so far for West Coast Pro Reck- Wrestling. Get in where you fit in which will air live on IWTV on August the 13th. So we've already talked about really the top two matches on the card. It'll be Carl Frederick and Rocky Romero against the West Coast wrecking crew of Jerome Elkin and Roy Isaac. That championship match, Hammerstone defending against Starboy Charlie. Also already announced for that card, Jacob Fatu against Daniel Garcia, AJ Gray against Steven Tregaro, and three-way match, Titus Alexander versus Nick Wayne versus, Ju- versus Juki Finale. now. of a lineup.
3: Well, I guess it's not going to be a surprise if we all vote thumbs up on this show, since we just gave you the lineup for the next one. So, good job, Jared.
1: Well, oh hey, you for all I know you could both could give us a thumbs down. I'm the only thumbs up. I'm sure people looking to looking to this point of the show, they know what we're giving the fucking rating for.
3: Ridiculous. Thumbs
2: down. Unprofessional.
3: (laughs) Ridiculous. I I don't know why I do this podcast with you every week. I think I'm just gonna start um doing it with Dalton every week.
2: Oh, brother, you don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But uh, on a serious note, if I were rating the uh, match before the intermission, I would have went straight thumbs in the middle. Because was, to me, this was a show of two halves. Like the first few matches, they're OK, but there's nothing that would bring me back. But after the intermission, that triple threat and the Carl Fredericks match—that just that top-notch stuff—and I was really happy with it.
3: So I'm gonna go thumbs up.
2: Yeah, I am as well.
3: I'm I'm assuming you're going thumbs up there, Dalton.
2: Oh, I thought I thought I already said it. I'm sorry. Thumbs up.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's uh, let's take this home, Dalton. You got any plugs you wanna
2: wanna throw out there? Nope. Just kidding. You can find me on Twitter at catch Dalton and you can find me and our good friend Austin's podcast. If you catch my grift available everywhere, you can find a podcast and you can talk to us on Twitter at catch my grift pod. Jayhawk. Follow me on Twitter at ref Jayhawk.
1: Instagram at Jayhawk 1539 Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ref Jayhawk. Uh, the coming county we talked about it earlier, the retro toy market in Iowa, Ohio. I will be there, uh, it, it runs from 10 to 4. I might not be there the entire time because I also will be heading down to Mega Championship Wrestling where their show showing be in North Ridgeville, Ohio, Saturday Night Slam Under the Stars 3. Looks like a 7 o'clock bell time if I'm reading that correctly. So you'll check that out. There's nine matches, I think, signed on that. Timmy uh, LeRutten's on the card. Trey Miguel. Myron Reed.
3: Derek Dillinger.
1: Derek Dillinger. Jackson Stone. I, we, I could go on and on with the lineup for that one. A lot of, a lot of great talent on that card. And I got some stuff coming up in August and September as well. I'll go into more of that stuff when we get closer to it. All
3: right. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to us. And don't forget about our merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. I am working on getting hats and hoodies into the shop so that you can, uh, you know, get ready for winter coming up in uh, just a few short months. Uh, and hats, because, you know, hats are cool. So. Uh, don't forget to check out our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, The Super Fantastic Podcast, and of course, If You Catch My Grift. Check out our other friends, pwponderings.com, Big Starks Brand, Set Tab Photo, Smoking Jays Barbecue, and Kayfabe Collectibles. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at charlie__butters, and you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram, at IWTVGuide. I haven't updated the Instagram in a while, so I'm probably going to need to do that here soon, uh, but I'll get on that. Uh, talk to you next week, everyone.
0: Baby, cracking like broke porcelain, bitch. We ocean deep. If you just pour us in a portion of shit, then people try to twist my view on some contortionist shit. I had to reevaluate what was important and shit. us keepers when you creep inside my mind is madness. If I see peace, I'm like a queen. Uh, gotta have it, Lord. I'm going in, walls closing in How I'm supposed to be protected when the laws want us in Y'all want us dead, just cause the skin is the black type Teach me everything and be amazed I don't act right What the fuck? I'm tapping the matrix, I'm back and ain't hated I'm black and make them pay me capital statements, you dig World on my back, I'm trying to fashion a statement I ain't no bastard, we the master of the path that we blazing, you dig? On oh God now. I came a long way from my past, nigga, it's obvious V12 engine, I'm fish telling on some sloppy shit Internet bringing old lyrics up like I the shit What's your address? I could probably send you a copy, bitch I was cancelled before cancer was with Twitter fingers Protesting outside my shows, I gave them the middle finger I was a tainer, tweeting Selena, crazy shit, didn't wanna to apologize when I seen them back when I was trying to fuck But just in I say with my chest out you say with your say chest with your in chest, nigga. nigga black bodies hanging from trees I cannot make sense of this hit some protests and retweeted positive messages donated some funds and I wouldn't cop me a necklace I'm probably a coon and your standards based on this evidence am I doing enough or not doing enough I'm trying to run with the baton but see my shoes in the mud I feel like anything I say dog I'm screwing shit up so I just tell these black babies they should do what they want freedom need them my niggas same Frame, do fuck with the law like damn Gina. So calm the fuck down before we duck rounds of fireballs and make your family have to duck the fuck down. We front line, we got the bottle talk that we could chuck now. Cause anytime we move it up, it's like a what the fuck now. They playing games. We strap it up, we cock and we aim to shoot. We shoot to claim what we need. We done with pain and agree. Niggas is done with the peace. Whether it's personal or for the whole of niggas indeed. I might not have dreadlocks, I might have these go but I'm a nigga like you, and you's a nigga like me. So let's be niggas together and let's be niggas with plans but put this plastic on first because shit is hitting the fan shit like this they want to turn my baseball cap to the side you know what the tli y'all fake man catch up niggas to get your identity huh yes, <laughs> oh, get a fucking hobby. Shit. ain't nobody perfect well at least charlotte
2: <laughs> oh, man yeah. i when i was little i wanted head